Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Big in Japan, where the fanholes normally talk about anime. But we've got actually a special show for you tonight, and this is something that I've culled from the archives. This is Derek, Derek WC, by the way. And long, long ago, in the faraway year of 2018, my buddy TJ Damon and I did a Akira commentary for one of his upcoming projects, which was going to be a Quad M movie watch-along, which was going to feature a whole bunch of commentaries with him and various guest hosts. And we started out on that project, but I guess it, it fell by the wayside, but I had asked him if it was cool if I just sort of repurposed it as a Big in Japan episode, so you guys could get a kick out of listening to our commentary that we recorded way back in 2018, and he was all game for it. So I kind of dug it up from the archives, and that's what you're about to listen to. All right, enjoy. No way! What's he think this is, a cartoon? He's crazy! Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Quad M Movie Watch Along, and I am your host, TJ Damon. And on this week's episode, I am joined by frequent contributor to the mothership, the mothership baby of the Quad M show, good friend of the show, uh, host of History of Comic Books on Film, as well as the Pan, uh, Fanhole Podcasts, great guy all across the board uh, sitting in with me this week. Uh, Derek Crab, Derek, what a mothership, doing, buddy. Take me to your leader. It's the, it's the mothership, baby. That's, <laughs> that's, that's a Dusty Rhodes WCW thing for you kids. I, I am, I'm ready to be swayed by my new quad M overlords. <laughs> All right. Well, so this week's show, we are going to, we meaning myself and Derek, and of course you find folks out there listening, are going to sit back and enjoy and discuss uh, arguably the, probably the, 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 I mean, obviously a seminal classic, some would even argue the greatest anime of all time, anime movie of all time, uh, the 1988 
uh, uh, Katsuhiro Otomo directed Akira. And I don't know. Would you would you argue? Would you would what side of the fence would you be as far as the greatest? No, no, no. I mean, that's not that's. I don't know that that's an argument. I mean, it, it's certainly been said about the film, so I don't I don't think that's an argument. I yeah. mean, you know, you you may get some people who you know want to claim that you know you've got other films from like you know Miyazaki or other guys like that that probably you know deserve the title or whatever. But there, there's got to be people out there. I mean, I, I don't I don't think anybody's going to argue with me if they threw that into the hat for contention. Like nobody's going to be. Like, get that the fuck out of the hat. Like, I think you're fine. <laughs> All right. Well, kids, as we uh, as we are so often want to do, for you folks that have uh, listened to a couple shows already, you'll know how we go about doing this. For those of you, uh, for those of you new kids, here's how it's going to work. I'm going to count down. I'm assuming that you will already have the DVD in your player. And when I count down, three, two, one, play. When I say play, you <laughs> hit the, that play. This button. is the tough part. This is the tough part. This man. is this is the one where kids will start getting confused. Like, do you mean after I say it? No. When I say play, hit that play button. But then why, right. wait, wait. So, so I gotta oh, ask. I, I I do this myself, right? It's like three, two, one, play. It's like, but you could be like three, two, one, five, seven, five, two, five, seven, play. As long as you hit it when you say play, yeah. you should be fucking good, right? Like, well, as much as I would love that to be the case, <laughs> as much as I would love that to be the case, unfortunately, people are people. Yeah. yeah. So you got to you got to take it for what it is. All right. So if we are ready, good, sir, are you ready? on your I'm, I'm all ready. I'm all set. Ladies and gentlemen, get hunkered down. And here we go. Three, two, one, play. All right, and the beginning, the little opening, and all this type of stuff. Now, now, oh yeah, I guess I should also say that we started at zero 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 when it started. So right now we're eleven seconds in, and I got me the Akira committee, and now we got the uh, the the uh, overhead 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 shot. Yeah, you're more of the movie director guy. You went to school for that type of stuff. So well, and then we and got the date and everything. Tokyo, nineteen eighty eight, Tokyo. Yeah, so we you know, we should be fine. So, so it's a historic film, really, is what it is. It's <laughs> yeah. This is this is the occurrence of World War III, which uh, clearly has already come and gone. So we're fine. Exactly. Now, you know, as I was going through and I was doing my research on this, um, you know, a couple things that amazed me here. Um, I don't know how often because you're you're much more of one of those otaku's than I am. Um, for Otomo to not only have written and illustrated and created the original Akira manga to go in and do the writing and directing for the Akira film. How, how often does that happen? I don't think it does happen very often. I mean, I don't know. I, I wouldn't say I'm on a taku or anything. I've got the big lounging, loud pounding noises, you know, 31 years after going on here. And then we see the, <laughs> the outcome of, uh, of World War Three here with all these craters and shit. But yeah, yeah I, believe, I don't, I don't, I, I, I believe, I believe the Japanese people would call that the glory horror. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Remember, kids, this is the Quad M show. This is the Quad M show. I totally, I totally forgot. I thought we were going to like have a serious conversation about like the historical impact of uh, anime, film, and directors. So we're back to glory holes. Glory horror. <laughs> you know, for a good time, call TJ. You can see it right there in the yeah, corner. Exactly. 
exactly a little creepy doll there. Um, but yeah, because I, you know, as I was watching and 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 uh, you know, kind of doing a little bit of the research on this, I had no idea. Like, I, I guess my first question: Do you have like the the Akira manga? Yeah, yeah, I highly, I highly recommend. Well, th- this is what I recommend. This film, I don't, you know, it's weird. I I feel like a lot of people watch this review it and think it's all avant-garde and you know i don't know siskel and ebert will review it and everything but it's like i i'm kind of of the opinion this film is a much more richer experience if you sit down and make the time to read the manga because it's not the same it's very different but yet you you are imparted with like a lot of detail that you would have never seen in this film otherwise i think because you can you can read the manga at your own speed but like there's so much stuff going on in this right now you know you've got the capsules it's like why would you know that their gang's name is the capsules they never call them the capsules the only hint is on the back of Kaneda's jacket he's got a capsule like they they deal in capsules like that's their thing but you wouldn't know that right Right. Well, I and see, and that's just it. Like, you know, when I when I first saw this movie, it was probably around like ninety two, ninety three. I had no idea what significance the fucking pill on the back of his coat had. Like, he's getting, dude, dude. In the manga, like the manga is is very different. But like in the manga, he's banging the school nurse who is giving him all the school drugs so they can sell them on the black market i mean it's 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 you know there's a lot of stuff that you you don't quite get from from just watching this but this is this is probably like this is probably my favorite sequence in the whole film like i think most people like it's like it's like watching like the best scene in a porn movie first and you basically <laughs> climax, and then afterwards you're kind of like, "What? I gotta watch the story? What? Yeah. Like, like oh, yeah. it's it's very much like this is this is great. Like this whole bike off between the clowns and the capsules. Like this is this is probably like the best thing. And and what's kind of funny is this is probably the the closest to the beginning of the manga. I'd say. Yes. Like I mean, there's yeah. differences, yeah. but like it's it's very close. But you know, it's funny the um the the clown leader Joker um who you'll probably see in a few seconds here. He's the big fat guy with the the clown makeup and everything that's gonna come <laughs> after. Where you sit there and you say, "Look, ma, no hands." <laughs> he actually he's, like he's he riding plays, the bike cross armed, I think. Yeah, yeah. He he actually ends up playing a much bigger role in this, and and they kind of have a a rival fusion where he actually becomes friends with Kaneda and everything. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of interesting. Like, yeah. He starts like working on their bikes and yeah. everything yeah. to soup them up. Yeah, yeah. 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 And I've only got like the first two, I I've got the, uh, the dark horse reprints that were in these like, big, Oh, huge okay. Phone the, the, books. the phone books. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. See, I've got, I've got, I think I've got like the first two or the first three Man, the Marvel, so... you know, you know, what's great. You, I, I, I should, I should show you this, but the, they're, they're, they have the Marvel Epic collections. Like those are in color. Like, Oh yeah. man, it's so outstanding. Like if there's, if there's anything that gets me off more than like comic books and anime and whatever, it's full colored manga. Cause if, I don't know if people know this or not, but oh, typically Joker. Yeah, there he, he is. There he is. Typically, and his, arm, and his arms are all crossed. This how is, in the hell is he? I don't, not not to not to be rude and completely interrupt here. How in the hell is he working a throttle on a motorcycle <laughs> with his fucking arms crossed? Oh, now he's holding the handle. Now he's holding the handle. There's some inconsistencies right there, but yeah. And then, well, you know, he, he snap. 
He he probably overthrottles and then he crosses his hands like a badass. That's how he works it, <laughs> you know. But, but yeah, this this like this scene is probably like my favorite scene in the whole film. So I mean, it's 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 super cool. Well, just just I mean, the, the, not just the kinetic energy of this whole opening sequence with the the, the biker gang fight everything. But like the camera angles that they used on it, um, whether it be, you know, this the slight worm's eye view, like of that shot of him, like like riding back from the chicken is like in all the promos and all the trailers, like I mean, yeah. it's the money shot. And then, well, and then I, yeah, I, I was going to say that's the big promo shot when he's doing that side swipe stop type thing. That's like the one everybody knows. That's the scene everybody knows and, is that. And the, the the track on it before the 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 music track like I love that track where it's like a bunch of loud breathing like it's like the breathing opera where it's like <laughs> you know like I love all that shit because it's like it's really cool and then the the way like the 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 backlights are like reflecting in the you know as like speed lines I mean the whole thing is really cool right well you know and that's the other thing about that was you talk about the music you know how long it took me to realize and I don't know why I didn't realize it. But I had no idea until like maybe five years ago, something like that, where they were actually singing the characters' names. Oh yeah, when they go Canada, Tetsuo, 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 and I'm like, wait, are they actually saying their fucking? They are. They are. You know, you know God, what? That is some lazy soundtrack. See, this this this, this, <laughs> lazy this soundtrack lyrics right This there. film has a bunch of high rewatchability quotients because you you don't understand things when you first watch this. And oh, dear I don't know, God, I, no. And and it's like I don't know if it's a sign of a good film or not. But like when when, when I first watched this oh, film, the, the, yeah, the the kid he's with, and he is a kid. Like yes. I was super confused because. The way the streamline dub worked was you saw these wrinkled little kids, and on top of that, they kind of had these old weasened voices. Well, yeah, Whereas exactly. in this, in in the 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 pioneer dub, when they remastered it and released a new dub, they actually gave them kids voices. They actually so, had kids voices. So you know, you know, there's that kind of weird off putting yeah. feeling of seeing kind of like somebody who's yeah, very wrinkly. We got Freddie Mercury dragging the uh, first of the Benjamin Button triplets across the uh, yes the war zone. That's that's a new take on them, the Benjamin Button triplets. Oh, you've never uh, yeah. And 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 here's uh yeah. So we and 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 so he's part of the resistance, and they're they're kind of trying to escape this kid out of the Akira project, which you wouldn't get from any of this. And then um, this will be eventually K like and. See, uh, it's weird. I wish I had all my notes because now I don't remember half these guys' names. But you're being introduced to all the characters in this crowd shot. So. Yeah, and and you know, it's it uh, kind of going back here a little bit too. Like I said, when I, my first encounter with this movie, when I was when I was young and in high school, I was part of uh, I was in the fiction book club, right? Kind of like the Columbia House music of of sci-fi. Where you'd get like a free book, you know, get like the book a for, month. For five pennies, deal. we will give you Akira and exactly. Ninja Scroll and exactly. And so I had seen this in the in that month's catalog, and I was like, "What is this all about? This looks pretty kick ass." So I went ahead and I ordered it, and I got it in, and I popped, and it was it was the Streamline VHS dub, and I popped it in, and after I watched the first time, I'm like, "What the fuck did I just watch?" 
I knew it was amazing. I knew it was kick ass. But Akira is definitely a movie that you have to really watch. Like, oh, yeah, yeah I, okay, okay. Quick aside, that's probably one of my f- most favorite death scenes in anime movies, whatever. Just the 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 herky jerky deer dance when he's getting shot by that machine gun. God, yeah. that, that animation on that is amazing. I've that, always that, loved I that. think also was like one of the money shots they put in those those sci-fi channel like VHS promo trailers where they're like, "You want to watch bloody horrible manga? Like, subscribe now, <laughs> or whatever." And like, I'm like this kind of stuff. See, this is where I, I'm like reading the manga helps you out because like I'm sure somebody who's only seen this like once or twice or even for the first time is checking this out because they listen to the Quad M show. I mean, a casual viewer. Like, you wouldn't know that they have telekinetic powers or anything yeah, like would, that. Like, know about the whole thing with the espers and all yeah. that. Yeah, and it's like, it's like that's that's what's going on there. I mean, the, the, the boy is relating to, you know, what just happened, you know? Like, so it's yeah. like, and, and, and then, and then you, you don't really know, but it's like, you know, this is, you know, the kid, they, they're all designated as numbers, you know? Like, so it's yeah. like. Cause like, cause you know, first couple times I'm watching, I'm like, what the hell is this 28 all about? Right. I don't, I'm not getting it, you know? So, you know, and after a couple watch throughs, you can kind of, you know, piece it together. If you, if you, you, if you have that ability to kind of fill in the blanks and, and whether you're wrong or not, I mean, you know, but at the end of the day, it's still, it's still entertaining. And it's still, like I say, one of those movies that you have to go back and watch like two or, I mean, at least three times. Yeah, to, to pick really, up on all the the things that they're dropping down in front of you, yeah, 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 because because it's not until you've seen the entire movie where shit in the beginning starts making sense as to what in the hell's going on. I mean, you're you're bombarded with sensory uh, sensory images. I mean, there's it's like they're in the middle of a revolution right oh, now. Real you quick, know? real and, quick, yeah, real, real, real quick here. You know what? You know where you call where you get your pens at the office? Supplies. Okay. <laughs> 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 sorry <laughs> so so yeah and then and then um so now we've got uh tetsuo who's going after some of the other clown bikers he's trying to take the rest of them out and everything but the the, the characters we were introduced before uh the 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 boy is takashi and he's number 26 so he was the boy that freaked out and then Ryu was the guy with the mustache, and Kay was the girl with the pink hat. So if anybody's trying to keep up and follow along with, you know, all these characters and all this stuff that they've been dropping, you know, we we've basically been introduced to almost the the full cast by this point. And man, that yeah, how do you like them apples? So yeah, he's about to run into Takashi, and you see the number twenty six on his hand there. See, but it's like it goes by for a blip. I mean, if you're not paying oh, attention to it, I you'll never, miss it. I never caught. I've never caught that. See, kids, entertaining and educational. I'll have to. I'll have to go back and pause that just to. I guess. I guess for all the young there. Quad M viewers, uh, this is the the bike that was used in Ready Player One by uh, the the girl or whatever. The, the lead girl. I haven't seen that movie. Yeah, so so she that's one of her gamer up options or whatever. She drives around on Kaneda's bike. So if 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 somebody's listening out there and they want to tie it into something they've actually seen, like that's that's a sort of nod in the future. Well, son of a bitch, you know. And going back to the whole like streamline versus uh, the Pioneer dub. I th- was it Pioneer that did the dub on this, or was it? Yeah, pi- this is the Pioneer dub. Okay. okay. 
Um, it's it's basically like LA based actors. So you've got uh, Johnny Young Bosch who's doing Kaneda, and yeah. so he he's pretty infamous. I mean, he was he, he's he, yeah he he was the Black Ranger, and then and then he's done tons and tons of anime voice work. Like if you if you dropped a dime on a lead character in an anime, whether it's like Bash the Stampede and Trigun, the lead in Golden Boy, um, the the one of the leads in Lelouch, you know, like there's there there's so many characters that he's done. I'm you know I'm probably forgetting a ton, but like he's he's done them all. I mean he's he's very prolific in in anime dubs, and he's actually very very good. Like so. Yeah. I mean, th- this was basically, you know, for lack of a better term, you know, not decrying the streamlined dub, but this this was kind of the apology dub, you know, like this was yeah. we're gonna we're well, gonna do this right this time, you know, and and that's one of those things. I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm one of those guys that still calls Ninja Gaiden Ninja Gaiden, um, and hearing when I picked up this version after what like maybe ten fifteen years of, um, of the streamline dub. Having them sit there and call him Canada, uh, yeah. as opposed to Canada, yeah, Canada Tetsuo, because yeah, because the guy <laughs> it was I think it was like Rob Paulson who did the streamlined dub, and he was Leonardo in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, so that's why and you know we've got all these Yato? famous, yeah, it was yeah Yato. yeah yeah so. <laughs> So yeah, now now we're we're introduced to the colonel, and and it's it's number twenty seven is the big sort of chubby Esper kid in the little floaty chair, and and his name's uh, Masaru. So yeah, he's he's the he's the one. If if Charles Xavier and one of the Campbell's soup kids had a had a had a love child, there you go. That's who he would be. And um, but yeah, so like you know, everyone in this in this dub is calling him Akira. Yeah, I'm like, Akira. Well, screw you guys. It's Akira. It's Akira. <laughs> screw you. I'm not playing your game. <laughs> you, you're not. You're not going to uh, 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 ascribe to proper Japanese pronunciation. The hell with that. <laughs> hell no. We're America, damn it. That's how Americans pronounce it. This show. <laughs> no, I, I, I usually I'll, I'll probably go back and forth because I was probably introduced to incorrect pronunciations, and then I'm constantly fighting myself to say it the the correct way. <laughs> Oh, I get, I tapped out. I don't fight no more. I don't I don't fight no more. I just pronounce it how I pronounce it. But so as 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 now we start as now like you say we're 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 getting away from the eye candy and we're starting to get more into the the actual movie on. Yes, this. yeah. Um what was what you know like I said my my first experience 1992 from the science fiction book club on a movie that I may or may not have paid for I don't know the statute of limitations has since ended what uh, what was your first experience on Akira was it was it one of your first animes was it uh... I I mean I I would say it was probably one of the early first ones because this was something I probably watched my first year in college as a freshman at Loyola Marymount. So it was probably like something that I, I rented from Blockbuster. And of course, you know, the, the roommate I had at the time came in and was like, what the fuck are you watching? You know, like, cause you know, it, it no matter what point you look at it, there's probably like a point in the screen where everything looks weird and stuff. And I, I think I was <laughs> oh, just, really? you know, I think, think? <laughs> I think, I think I was just curious, you know, so, so I, and I, you know, I had probably seen some other things before this, but I wasn't, I don't think I was super balls deep into watching anime until after I graduated college, to be perfectly honest. Like, I don't think I really got into it until my, like, you know, 
mid or early 20s you know whereas like i i kind of had sprinklings of you know whatever americanized anime there was whether it's like you know robotech voltron captain harlock things like that and then you know some people had introduced me to things like the guyver which i found kind of overly violent and everything or you know basically like stuff like that so i i kind of stayed away from it for a long time i think because i probably was more of a traditionalist you know i like the the superheroes and long johns type books and so that's kind of what i gravitated towards but i think by by the time i was in college and graduated college i probably had more of an open mind to watch other other kind of entertainment whether it's you know manga or anime real quick here for you kids i want to make sure you guys are aware of this if this is your first time watching this is what we call a slow burn to a funny ass payoff because with this guy here he's got the grenade and it's clearly done he gets his ass kicked Keep that in mind, kids. Momentarily, we will get a payoff here on this. Because like I said, sometimes maybe it's a first time, you know, kid out there watching this. And we just got to make sure that they know, you know, to keep keep an eye out, keep aware of things. Because then they'll say, what the hell was that all about? He's like, oh, man, I'm 25. Yeah. And he looks it, too. That's like those memes that are around there like, oh, you know, with like the really old wizened old man. And it's like, oh, so teaching's not a hard job. I'm 38 and I love it. So this guy that uh, not the guy yelling at them or whatever, but the one of the gang members is Yamagata. And he's the guy kind of yelling at him or whatever. And he's kind of like the I don't know, I, I'd say he's like a nice Flash Thompson type guy i mean he plays a much bigger role in the manga but he's right now on screen he's the guy with the like the purple japanese uh kind of yeah, sun with and the, the, the with mountain the red, and everything with yeah. the red collar yeah yeah and you so know, and that's oh yeah. no go ahead go ahead well go i was ahead. just gonna say so now now you see kind is trying to mac on k because you know she's a hot older woman so he's trying to get in her pants like all young virile <laughs> teenage men which you, you you find him a much more despicable character in the manga because realize he's actually he not only does he have a girlfriend in this at school but he's also banging the nurse and he basically like sticks her with like a baby that she ends up aborting and he's trying to mac on this girl but I think it probably leads to like a larger character arc because their relationship like clearly grows. Whereas this film is, is way too, way too fast for them to kind of have sort of the same character arc that they go through in, well, in the, the manga. Yeah. There's our payoff. Yeah. Okay. Finally went off. <laughs> well, finally and, went off. And we haven't been introduced to her yet, but I mean, that's nothing compared to the fucked up, uh, cowrie, uh, Tetsuo relationship right, in the right, manga right. versus the, yeah. you know, the comic, you know, yeah. like fucking harem girl that yeah, is yeah. nothing but a sex slave that, yeah. uh, you know, the only reason she survives and the rest of the harem dies is because she ain't taking the fucking the pills the magic that happy blow pills. up everybody's heads. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It gets yeah, really it, it gets it gets more dystopian and fist of the North Star because it's it's funny like this this film ends and and I guess what, what people might want to keep in mind is the manga was not finished when this film was released. Like the film was released and was done in the can as the manga was currently being produced and released in Japan. And so so even, even when, even when Marvel comics was adapting this 
and and releasing it and and basically you know like this was back in the days where they didn't preserve the manga format so you know it wasn't like people that read manga were reading from right to left it's they americanized it they used mirrors they made everything like from left to right and they replaced like the 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 dialogue and any of the uh you know like comic word balloons or or you know noises and effects like all those were also americanized and on top of that all this was colored in so mm-hmm. you you've got like certain things that you know are pretty much not done these days even if they're adapted for american audiences and and basically like all those things were were taken into account and that was still being released and they had advertisements to see the film in America. So so think about it. Like, the film was released in Japan, and then I think the film was released in America probably in 89, you know, because you said the film came out in 88. And it was probably in somewhat limited release for, you know, people like Roger Ebert to go watch it and review it in 1989. And the manga itself was not finished and was still being adapted by Marvel Comics and, and translated and Americanized and everything. So... Yeah, I mean, it, it, the the manga's, you know, basically continues after this film ends, even though they're totally divergent from one another. Yeah, because it's basically it's like it, it it's like halfway point, and then um, like the whole thing uh, with, with the way that the the the, the movie ends with uh, Tetsuo and Akira in the the great white space and all of that and it just uh, it, it, you know the, the the very ambiguous ending right whereas whereas in the manga i mean you have like this almost like palpatine darth vader relationship between akira and um and Tetsuo. Tetsuo. yeah you know um I, I, it's almost one of those things like after i had read the manga i was i was almost kind of hoping that maybe they would have done like like an as we, as we talked pre-show like an apologetic sequel mm. so we would get the like i mean that like like one of the most one of the most iconic scenes in the manga is uh oh god it's been so long since i've read so i can't i don't remember details but it basically uh tetsuo Oh God! Well, I don't. I don't remember the the specifics, but he basically looks over to Kira and says, "The moon or to the moon." Oh, oh right. He when says, when he moon. when basically so he, flies he like up. he flies up and like obliterates like yeah yeah. And, I mean, and he, 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 he full like, on goes like DBZ and and, and takes a chunk yeah, out of the moon. Yeah, and and just causes you know massive uh, tidal waves. Like yeah. there there are like one thing that's never touched on in this film is the the global impact of this on the characters and like there are sequences in the manga where it cuts to like you know u.s you know uh uh basically like you know warships that are basically waiting to nuke the crap out of japan because they don't have any purview over this akira project and they realize what's going on and stuff so like when these tidal waves go down after uh tetsuo you know it takes a chunk out of the moon those tidal waves like decimate all these warships i mean the, the the akira power is extremely like powerful i mean that's why they're trying to harvest it with all these kids and that's why they're so 
that's why they're so weasened and, and old looking. It's like they may only look like they're, you know, eight years old, but the the impact that using that power has on them, like that that's something that's kind of crazy about the manga because those pills that you're talking about that, uh, you know, interestingly enough, cowries on the screen right there. I was but just those, say, those, those, those pills say, that she's, that, 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 those pills that, <laughs> that they, they force those girls to take. The reason why they're doing it is they're hoping they discover more espers. So when these espers take the pills, it's supposed to basically ease the pain and and the impact that using the Akira power has on their physical form. And that's why they end up so weasoned and messed up looking. And Tetsuo, when when he starts using his powers in the manga, the clowns, like, he not only goes back to the clowns' hideout and fucks them all up, he becomes their leader, and he takes all their profits and product, and, like, he basically, imagine, like, one of those pills is enough to, like, OD on, so you just take half of it. He's taking, like, mountains of them. Like, literal fucking Tony Montana mountains of those <laughs> capsules, just so he can, like, keep using his Esper powers, because it's the only thing keeping his head from splitting open like a walnut. Like, I mean, it's it's super, like, crazy, like... Yeah, and and here again, I mean, it's it's you know like I'm not as well versed in the manga because I've only of of the original uh, or not, not the original, but the Dark Horse reprints. I've got like two volumes, I think, and then I've got like I think three or four issues. So of see that the, see that the clowns, the, the clowns right there, the clowns. That's their hideout. So like, if you're not really paying attention, like. This is the clown's hideout, and and like so, there he he actively like drives past there, and and in this you wouldn't think like, well, why are they coming after him all of a sudden? He's just trying to have a cool joyride. But in the manga, like they actively know the clowns are at the bowling alley, like this desolate bowling alley that they have all their product on. So that's why it's not like these clowns are coming out of nowhere. And if you saw on the graffiti, you could see they marked their territory. So here they right. come, basically. And like, there's a lot of important subtle stuff that you missing this like i I just want to bring up like okay the film is named the clown the film's name no 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 it's perfectly fine the film's name is is akira right and 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 you'd think like akira would be the title character like most people would be sitting there going well who's kaneda who's tetsuo why isn't this name kaneda and tetsuo like clearly the film seems to be about you, you might argue you know Kaneda is the main character or whatever, or, or maybe Tetsuo is the main character. He's got the Akira power, right? And and so this this horrible sequence happens here, right? And that sets off Tetsuo because he's totally powerless to prevent his girlfriend from like getting raped and pillaged and everything. Now, if we pay close attention, it's just about to come up. You will see Akira for like a brief second. Like, but if you didn't know about the manga and you didn't know what the hell Akira looked like, you would never know. But he's about to like once he like flips out and freaks out it's it's coming up pretty soon but well i i guess i'm probably way ahead of time but and then and then there's going to be this cool bit where kaneda like kicks the guy off the bike and that's like homaged in like uh batman beyond i think like there's or or maybe no no no, it's batman mask of the phantasm like bruce wayne jumps up on the bike and punches the guy off the bike but you know like bruce tim and those guys are big fans of this because you've got like return the joker satellites blasting down like they do in this i think so is he okay? I think so I think it's in this. He's having. I think it's in this. It's it's in this sequence. He's he's about to. He's about to like vomit yeah. and throw up and all that stuff. Yeah, when he scoop when he's scooping his guts up. And yeah, all that yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the the the. Because because this is him. 
this is him about to get a headache from from kind of slowly like touching the Akira power. Yeah, it had nothing to do with his head getting smashed into the concrete or anything. No. no. <laughs> this is anime. The laws of physics do not apply. Well, you know, what's interesting is they, I mean, they briefly touch on it at the end of this film, but I mean, Kaneda and Tetsu are like old friends. I mean, they, he basically, you know, stood up for Tetsuo when he first came to their school and everything. So there's, there's a lot of insecurity going on here. I mean, and this is, this is kind of what I was about to sort of prep you guys for. Okay. There's Akira, Akira spot right just, just there. That's it. That's it. That's all. I mean, he's he technically the title character, but this is the first time you see him. So that's kind of an important <laughs> bit. And you probably don't know shit about him, even after you watch this whole movie 5,000 times, which is why there he is again. Um, why you should, you know, sort of read the manga maybe too and get a, a richer experience for having seen this film. Like, I feel like I appreciate this film a hell of a lot more after I read the manga because I used to think, look at this shit. It's just Oops. weird freaky deaky like blue cupcakey shit that i like to talk about where it's weird yeah. for well, the sake it, of being weird you know and yeah. and i guess i will i will shamelessly self-promote at this point for a blue cupcakes episode of fanholes podcast listen to fanholes big in japan episode eight where we we do a deep dive on like the manga and <laughs> this film and everything but yeah you should you should listen to that if you want to get more into that or or and also listen to the quad m show just and because. listen to the quad m show just because, <laughs> um, you know, and that and this, I think, was the point when I uh, when I first started watching this movie. This is about the point where I'm like, what in the hell did I just get myself into? Because you got to remember, I mean, my anime growing up was like a Battle of the Planets, uh, colloquially now. I mean, now pretty much anyone who knows it knows it as Gotcha Man. Uh, again, Voltron, Robotech, um, uh, maybe to an extent, you could say Transformers and GI Joe, since it uh, was the. Uh, it I mean, I, I think I think for people, the the, anime, the, the other things they would probably have been introduced to is things like Star Blazers and Harlock and things like yeah. that. And, and you're used to like space opera and and you know, kind of essentially an offshoot of Sentai with like the yeah, Voltron, right. you know, yeah, I mean, well, shit, teams Astro of guys, Boy and Gigantor, yeah, you know, yeah, shit like that. yeah. And now all of a sudden, here I'm watching this fucking biker kid scooping his guts up. I'm seeing anime titties, and I'm just like, "What? What in the hell did I get? What am I? What is this?" Well, I mean, this? I mean, it's, it, it, I mean, this is a lot of brutal imagery. I mean, there's, there's blood. There's, there's, you know, kind of like a, a violation of of Kauri. I mean, you know, like there, there's all kinds of stuff there. And like th this is kind of funny because this this girl is not really that into uh, Kaneda per se. Like she's kind of more like the girls i kind of call these girls like they're like the rizzo from like greece or something like they're they're kind of like <laughs> the, they, 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 the pink the pink thunderbirds yeah the, the pink yeah called? the pink the pink girls or whatever you know like like but it, i i think like it, it to me in the in the manga it's a little more like serious like some of those relationships but then and then here you still have like all these acts these kind of brutal acts of like terrorism going on where they're bombing like a mall you know, and and so you've got these people that are part of the resistance. They're supposed to be your heroic characters, but I mean, they're kind of doing a lot of fucked up shit too. Like you've got Ryu, who's the guy in the mustache, and there's all kinds of weird political intrigue that you kind of miss here because Ryu is working for this guy Netsu, who we'll see later. He's like the old man with the mustache and the kind of balding long hair and everything. Yeah, and like yeah. he's basically like a senator who's actually like funding 
this resistance movement. So it's like it's got internal corruption and like there's, you know, all this kind of stuff that's being dropped here. But yet, yeah. you know, I mean, it's here for you to find. But I, I, I don't know. It's like I, I think it would take uh, a number of views and, and kind of, you know, examinations of, of both uh, source material to sort of fully understand and appreciate. Yeah, and you know, speaking of the the old the old codger that's in charge of of all of this, you know, with the um, I always kind of like called him like muskrat face. Muskrat face. Had, you know, you know, it's you funny know. the 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 um, this is not part of the anime at all, but there is a former member of the Akira project who who is an old lady, and you see kind of her character design later in the film, which hopefully I can point out, but she calls him. I think like little rat or like little mouse, whatever nickname she gives okay, him. So, yeah, so okay, it translates so basically. You're not too far off at all. I mean, I think they were they were purposely yeah. trying to make him look like this most you know nefarious rodent like politician a, that a, you could find. A, wee, a weasley little fucker. Oh yeah, goes down yeah, to, yeah. You know, um, like like, anyways, like so most like most I... politicians. <laughs> but that was when I realized that, and, and maybe it was just this point in time where a lot of your anime voiceover actors were pretty much all being pulled from the same pool. Because mm. um, if I remember correctly, it's the Streamline dub where uh, the guy who did the voice for him was also the guy who was in charge of the department in Ghost in the Shell. Oh, okay, got it, got it. Yeah, that that makes sense. Yeah, I can't, yeah because because you know, this, this is name I can't remember. This is this is an uh, this is a Los Angeles based dub. So like any talent that they get from Los Angeles, you'll see in in other kinds of dubs. Yeah, um, I I mean I would harbor a guess that the Streamline dub was also LA based because they had Rob Paulson, but this was just made like many years later, and and you'll find like a lot of. A lot of shows now usually, I, well, I don't want to say a lot, but there's there's a, a great many number of shows have Canadian voice talent. And then you've got like Funimation, say, in Texas, who basically has their own source of talent that is, you know, since it's owned and operated within Texas, they usually pool talent straight from there. So, like, it, it, it's different depending on, like, the company that is license to adapt whatever product it is and like this see this is like all this kind of stream of consciousness stuff like i mean this is kind of detailing their early relationship in kind of right. a weird mental like you know i don't know haberdashery or weirdness but it's like he's kind of having this weird dream but there is something to that you know like right. that but it also their... yeah because because this this is you know we finally touch upon that or like, like you said earlier that early relationship between uh Kaneda and tetsuo and, and so this go, is the, uh, the benjamin button sister yeah the benjamin button sister i'm like i'm trying to remember it's it's ki kiyoko is her name uh, and i uh, think she's uh, 28 i want to say her number is 28 i'm just gonna go yakko wacko and dot <laughs> That makes it much easier for me. <laughs> but see, yeah, I mean, it wasn't until I started in on the manga um, to to find out why in the hell these, you know, these these kids were so old and wizened. And, Wait, you know, my my bad. I'm like Akira. Akira is number twenty eight. So Kyoko's probably a, a lower number. Maybe she's like twenty 
five? I don't know. I don't remember what her number is. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. If we see the palm of her hand, we may we may yeah. find out. But yeah, really not it's 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 really not a not not a uh No, that's ma- not a major that's point. Not, yeah, that's not a major point of plot. <laughs> oh my god, it's off the charts, he's saying. Probably not, but you know. <laughs> now you should probably notice what's in her bed because even though I constantly like rant and rave about how this film gets really, really weird around this point, like you'll see the stuffed animals in the bed later in the film and, and may actually sort of explain some weirdness that you have Tetsuo encounter. Well, yeah, when they have their big throwdown for the first time. Well, when they kind of, they they're, they think they're playing with him, but he kind of takes it a bit differently. Yeah. Cause I, I'm, I, I, I guess I had never see here again. This is where we're getting way more in depth than I ever had, because I didn't realize that those were the same toys in her bed. Mm. I just figured they were. And I guess the reason why they're at all these, this is something that they don't really spell out in the film. The reason why they're at such lower levels is because they have cryonically frozen Akira. So he's, you know, and to me, I mean, that's another big, huge ass difference between the anime and the manga is the fact that in the anime, we see him as just a bunch of separated, yeah. dissected bits. Yeah, of parts, he's, he's just a bunch of manga. Yeah. He's like a boy in the in the in the in the iron in the iron lung. He's right. he, you know, right. they haven't dissected him. They haven't done all that shit to him that they, you know, they do in, in, this, in yeah. here. Try to I explain it or or whatever we want to talk, you know, however you want to say it. But. I mean, it's kind of weird because both things are kind of point out a a great amount of power because it's like, I think in this, it's more like he's transcended the physical form, you know, whereas in the the manga, I guess, arguably, he has not completely transcended the physical form because once his body is put on ice, it's kind of like the power itself is put on ice. But I think later when when all these parts are released, you, you kind of see the consequences of that. I don't know the the colonel like it's weird. I always kind of thought of the colonel as kind of like the you know, and this may have different connotations for people, but I kind of think of him as kind of like a J. Jonah Jameson type character. Like, I mean, there's there's things he's doing that are not necessarily on the up and up, but he certainly believes in what he's doing and and thinks he's doing it for the best interest of his country. I mean, he kind of gets dicked over by politicians just as much as all the people in in this you know, country, you know, in this, you know, uh, fictional environment, for lack of a better term, you know, because he's basically trying to, you know, maintain this. He he knows what a big deal this is. He he knows he's handling like a weapon of mass destruction. See, there's the 28, because Akira's number 28. I mean, yeah, I mean, you kind of liken it. I mean, I'm, 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 as I'm going through my mind trying to picture it, but you know, thinking of it as like, say, Jack Nicholson's character in A Few Good Men, or uh, oh, just the one, the one that you know knows they're doing the right thing and will do the right thing no matter what the cost is, even yeah. if it, even if it's doing some shady shit in the background, you know, that type of deal. Um, I will say this. I mean. <laughs> And maybe it's just me, but it, 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 it was it, it, it almost comes off to me like almost the, as much as they are just subjects 
in the 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 project it almost feels like he does kind of have that that fatherly oh yeah role yeah, to those definitely. kids yeah. you know throughout i mean obviously it's not like a love thing but it's more along the lines of just a you know it, it's a fucked up situation but they they are still kids for god's sakes type of a deal oh yeah it's just yeah. you know kids that could take you out with the blink of an eye And so now I guess Kanade is introduced to the resistance through K. And the resistance introduces him to like the butt of a gun, don't they? It's some bit coming up here. Or no, it just fades to black. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't, he doesn't get the special treatment just yet. It fades to black. Or not. <laughs> Shit, I, maybe it's, I, I maybe it's not, been a while since I've watched this. I, I there's not, the fade there, there's black. There's the fade to black. Yeah, I knew it was coming. But yeah, you don't get that's that's the other thing. I mean, not only do you not get near as much um, character details that you do in the manga, but I mean, shit, they omit like a ton of characters from the manga in this as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Like they, they, I mean, they, they have kind of what I jokingly refer to as like the, you know, the carnage and rainbow colored symbiotes of the Akira project. Like there's whole separate subplots with like other minor league espers that are working for that former Akira project, uh, you know, like she's like number 18 or something like one of the early numbers. And so she's essentially also sort of part of this resistance in her own way. And, and so those, those other espers end up fighting the colonel's espers. And it kind of is this power struggle between the two factions. Okay. And okay. So the other fade to black that I would, this is the one Here I was thinking of was this fade to black. So we got two fade to blacks for the price of one rambling. Yay me. Yeah, and here's Netsu, the, the rodent face guy we were talking about, the one that yeah, lady that calls that like little little mouse bastard. or something. And, <laughs> and and so yeah, this is this is clearly like I mean, this is very treasonous, you know, like I mean he is a member of the current government and he's funding these guys. Like And I mean, do you think, you know, I mean, and this is something that I've always noticed when it comes to like dubbing dialogue and that type of stuff. It, I mean, oh, I, oh, I realize... oh, wait, wait, just I think real quick, like this the, is the, the lady, one... the number 18 I was talking about. I'm pretty sure we might see her somewhere rubbing here. Her yeah, there she is rubbing her hands like that technically is yeah. like a huge character. What's funny is in this. This is a male voice. Like, I mean, you'd think it's a yeah. male priest or something. In the manga, it's a female, and I'm pretty sure it was, like, number 18, and and, and she it plays a much larger role. She almost becomes, like, a mentor to Kay, because Kay ends up sort of becoming Esper-powered in her own way, because she's right. more of a, like, a conduit for the the abilities and the people. Like, it's like, it's like the girl, uh, Kiori, can, like, sort of, I don't know, like she can kind of possess K and they, they, they can kind of combine their powers and use her as a conduit to fight Tetsuo. So it, yeah. it, it gets kind of interesting. 
Well, because I think I think it, I don't I think it was the streamlined dub where they used the 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 male voice on that, and then I think they corrected it. No, I think I bunch. no. This has a male voice too. Does that, it? That okay. character? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, because like I said, I mean, she's a huge character in the manga. Yeah. And here, all you do is just you know see that one part, and then the yeah. I mean, I mean, for all intents and purposes, like that that probably is not the same character, and they just kind of reused the character design for aesthetic reasons or something. <laughs> oh, but um. I mean, this is this is kind of the the uh, exciting bits from like the Phantom Menace, where it's just a bunch of politicking, and you you slowly see the colonel get kind of ticked over in this session. Yeah, where's the part where he force chokes Baron Tag? <laughs> I find your lack of faith disturbing. I do have to admit, though, I mean, I do actually like this dub a little more because you get a little bit more of the emotions, particularly in this scene. It's actually like like this scene right there. It's a hell of a lot more entertaining mm. when you, you know, with with the dub on this one uh, versus the original streamline and one as well. Um, damn it. I had a salient point that I was going to make and now I fucking forgot it. Maybe at some point I'll remember. Um Yeah, hell, never mind. I can't remember. Fuck it. <laughs> but like, how long? Like, how many viewings did it take for you to actually get what the fuck they were talking about in this? I don't think I've ever gotten like things completely until I read the manga. I I, I really do feel that way, where I never really understood entirely like the dynamics of the situation that that this senator netsu look he's smiling he got what he wanted he wanted the colonel out of the way like he he they want the akira power for themselves i mean that that was their whole kind of he's stirring up this revolution because he's got political machinations i mean you know right. there, there there's a lot of things in this that you don't really pick up on you know and and now we're back to uh you know tetsuo having his uh you know, weird, weird ass dreams, weird ass dreams and everything. And and this is why, you know, he was, he, you know, he was doing the, the, in the manga, he was doing like the mountains of pills and shit, because obviously this, this power has an impact on him. And they, the, the, well, I guess we'll see in a second, but yeah. This is my favorite. Is the, the 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 weirdness now? This this isn't even in the damn manga, which drives me up the wall because I'm like this this fucking milk bear. This this is the crazy shit that's in this that's in there for no reason. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll hopefully never, we'll we'll see the milk bear in a second, but that always weirds me out. And yeah, for for you kids listening at home that may have never seen this movie before, yes, we are jumping ahead on things, so. You know, if you haven't well, seen this movie before, I don't, I don't know why I, you're listening to I, this before you actually watch it. Like I, I, I don't have this movie memorized, so I'm like, I, I know this is coming up soon, but I, I don't have it memorized to, like, a, a hard line or whatever. Yeah, well, I already blew the count when it came to the fucking fade to black, so don't worry. We've already we've already destroyed all of that. Um, but, yeah, I guess I never, I never understood, and I don't think I even have to this day, understood why in the hell the bear was leaking milk 
I there there's no reason. It's just fucking weird, bro. It's like, it's, like just, it's it's it just it's, it's, a, it's a stuffed bear, which is a representation of a child's toy, and it's milk, which is the representation of like a baby's milk. That's the only thing I can. And this this fucking car, like, there's no reason for this. Like, I mean, it's just well, weird. Well, it's because it's it's because it's because Yakko is in that fucking uh, Cobra trouble bubble machine. So that kind of just makes you think that yeah, that's who that's but who the, the car is the, supposed to the, represent. This this is what I like to call the blue cupcakes music because it's like that's why they've got this whole like blow 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 yep. blow. And here we go. This is my favorite, like the the milk bear. But I mean, on come, top of that, comes. like like how would you know? Like I mean, th- this is this is telekinesis. I mean, essentially, like they're 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 somehow making him see this. And they think they're kind of playing with him, taking his measure, you know. And it's like, look at how strange, you know. Obviously, this is, and like, I have no explanation for this. I mean, this is just weird and freaky to be weird and freaky. Did the I mean, bear's hand turn into a snake? It did. Okay, all right. I'm just making sure that I owed. I every time I had seen the visual on that, I'm just making sure that I got the visual. I mean, I mean, yeah. essentially, you, you, it's like they're 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 messing with him with their playthings. Like you see the Legos, you see the stuffed bear, you you know, you see these things in the crib, and 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 they. What's funny is they think they're playing with him. They think it's funny, but it basically all turns to shit when he actually gets hurt because they've never actually really experienced that physical violence before they you know because <laughs> he's busy tripping balls and then snap well, bam now now reality. now he's got a bloody foot and now they stop because they're like what <laughs> like basically now they're grossed out <laughs> you know <laughs> like like they've they've now been scared you know like and 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 then he's like this is the best where they're like you know basically you're the dummy for yeah, ruining yeah, our yeah, fun you know? Stop it, you big bully! It was so it was, I can't remember all the specific yeah. line, but yeah, it's like stop it, you big bully. And then is this where we see him exit the room? Because I think that when 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 he actually leaves and the doctors try to stop him. That to me is one of those, like I would say, top five strongest visuals. Yeah. Is the the resulting uh, the resulting explosive encounter, shall we say? See, there's a non-spoiler spoiler for you right there. One of the few times you get to see the title character. <laughs> Well, he makes more appearances than the Blair Witch did in the first Blair Witch movie, right? But, so, but no. for how long? <laughs> okay, yep, here we go. Here we go. Yeah, this this is pretty brutal. Basically, I just I I love I just <laughs> Tetsuo's not okay, fucking around. <laughs> come here, let's go let's go ahead and help. I don't think it's going to happen and then we have the dramatic Dutch angle shot splat. And here we go, Dutch angle, here we go. And a goddamn hand and foot dripping off the fucking ceiling. Oh my god. Love it. I love it. 
not that I'm like this fucking sick psychopath that loves this type of stuff, because you got to remember, kids, it's it's animation. Well, it's just, I mean, it's, you, you know, you're for, talking about the com- the the composition of the shot. You're talking about like you know how how it's artistically pulled off. I mean, that that's not. You know, you, you're not reveling in the the act of violence as much as no, you're reveling but, in the execution like, of it on the, film, the, right? The execute, the execution, the visual, the, I mean, just just the presentation of it. You know, using that that slanted diagonal, uh, what's known as the Dutch angle shot there to convey more intensity on. It. I mean, just really, really well done. Yeah, yeah, but no, yeah, it's 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 not joking when we're saying, you know, when when you're when you clarify that in that it is strictly for the artistic, you know, the the artistic presentation. And really don't get poop in your mouth there, Canada. Cuz that is a sewer. Remember kids, don't drink the gray water. I maybe of interest to people uh K is voiced in this dub by Wendy Lee and Wendy Lee probably is, she's a well-known VA and, and uh, probably like casting director and stuff. But if people are familiar with the anime Cowboy Bebop, like she does the voice of Faye Valentine. So yep. that's, that's she, something to, uh, yep, she is Faye Valentine. She also does the, uh, the voice of June in the, um, the, 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 the ADV dub for gotcha man. Oh, they okay. The American okay. dub that entire series she's probably as equally as prolific as johnny young bosch when it comes to you know los angeles based anime dubs well, see, and that's just it i never knew that he did that he did anime voice work until i was doing the research for this movie mm. i had no idea i just knew i honestly i just knew him from you know working various conventions and him being the Black Ranger. Mm. That was all I knew him from. Or well, the Black Ranger in in like later iterations of the Power Rangers. Well, obviously, I mean, he, he was, was he was first... he, he wasn't the very first Black Ranger, like you know Zach, but but he played Adam, who was basically he took over for the original, you know, Black Ranger right. Zach. You know, so like I mean, he he's yeah, I mean, for all intents and purposes, he's you know. A, a legacy classic type of uh you know power ranger you know <laughs> he's a legacy ranger <laughs> he he makes frequent reappearances and when he comes back it's a big deal you know like things like that so okay it's, it's so 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 with the power rangers there how many how many of you had the the photographs with i know you you've had uh uh jason da- you've had with jason david frank yeah and then and some of course of the- my the one I like to call, I back in the day, I called my future, the future ex-wife, Amy Jo Johnson. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Of course, that never came about, unfortunately. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I've met a lot of Power Rangers. Some of them I just got some autographs from and didn't take any photos with, like the the second Red Ranger, Rocky, and uh, uh, I met uh, David Yost, who played the original Blue Ranger, Billy, and then um, there's... Uh, I'm trying to remember their names, but like uh, Sierra and um, uh, well, some the, of them from some of the newer series and stuff. I was so. say the, the one that played Trina, she died in a car wreck, didn't she? Trini, yeah, Trini, yeah, she, Trini, she, okay. she, yeah, she was taken away early on. Yeah. And more fade to black. 
into tear gas. Come on, you guys. You know tear gas ain't going to work on him. Silly Gestapo. I mean, see, that kind of is like where where it, this kind of stuff keyed into me because of the powers, you know, like this had always reminded me of, you know, kind of like the the X-Men type books. You know, you had a very, you know, to me, a very Magneto type power set with Tetsuo here. You know, the fact that he's stopping these tear gas buttons, you know, I mean, obviously it's telekinesis and everything, but, I right, mean, it, right. it, you know, but there's there's very much kind of a sense of you know, austere that you would have with somebody like Magneto, who's, you know, somebody's trying to, like, fire bullets at him, and he stops the metal, you know, like, things like that. Yeah, and see, I mean, even just going back and watching this now, I mean, just, just how beautiful all of this is done, like, the beautiful you carnage. know, the, 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 this word, the what? The beautiful carnage. The, the be- devastation. Well, the, beautiful, the beautiful, beautiful carnage. And you're like, like, you're like, I, mean, I don't know the, if it's art, but I like it. <laughs> so here's the playroom that that can also possibly explain some of the weird shit that they were doing. But you know, oh, and we got the our, return our, of our friend, the fucking freaky milk bear. Hello, bear. Hello, bear. But I mean, just like you know, in in that in the the the, the recent uh, you know uh, hallway scene that we just saw there, just the way the smoke was wet, wrapping around him with his you know psychic force bubble or whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, the, the, just the the aesthetics of that and how much we you know, was done and and yeah, <laughs> it's. I mean, it, it definitely. This is definitely why it ranks as one of my. Oh, if not number one, at least in the top three of of just all time you know anime and animation in general it's just so well i mean they they so beautiful put so much money into this i mean you can tell like like this this film was it was not the product of any single studio it was like basically like all of the studios in japan at the time like had, (laughs) had put money into this you know what i mean like this was a major major like investment for for all of them you know and it's like it it you know i mean a lot of times anime will get the accusation of, you know, it's made on the cheap. You know, the, the reason why anime is easier to produce than traditional American animation is that, you know, instead of having like, say, five frames per second or, you know, whatever you want to call it, like they'll skip out on frames. They'll frequently just have like a background and then only animate like the mouth lip flat moving or something right, like to right. save on cost. But like there's none of that in this, really. I mean, it's it's all it's all very high rate this this was basically an anime film done with a disney level budget you know and and basically all of all studios in japan contributed to that disney level budget and we just got a little hint of what we were kind of talking about earlier as far as k and her or kai or whatever the hell they pronounce it you mean okay but her as an esper as like having the potential to be one of these guys you 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 very you only get a, like a slight little taste of it in 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 this in the in this movie um i think between the connection with her and 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 dot as mm. well as when she's walking on the water and just fucking disappears it's not anything that really gets touched upon it's just 
Yeah. It's like this implied, oh, she's a conduit. And then, you know, you, you, if you only watch the movie, you think it's kind of one of those, um, you know, I don't want to say a cheap cop out ploy of, oh, OK, we're going to do this because the story necessitates. But like in the manga, I mean, they go full on. And, and like you say, we have uh, the little bead rubber uh, who actually is her coach and mentor. Yeah. yeah. You know, it, 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 it's, it, I understand why they needed to put it in. Cause it was definitely essential to the story, but <clears throat> they definitely could have made it a, a bigger point to explain it just a little bit more. So it didn't stand out so much as just being kind of a, a cheap, you know, deus ex, uh, deus ex K, you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, I don't. It's weird. Like, I, I kind of feel like the, 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 this film is not as concerned with explaining things as it is with exploring them. And they just kind of vomit all over you and expect you to sort of keep up with them, you know. So in some <laughs> sense, you know, in some sense, like like you, you probably appreciate that because this is not this never talks down to you. You know what I mean? Like it oh, expects God, no. it expects you to follow it. But I mean, I, I don't know that that this is something that you can easily digest, like you're saying, with just one viewing. I mean, you you, you basically need to revisit this, uh, you know, on multiple yeah. occasions. Yeah, and how in the hell? See, here again, okay, this is one of these things where I honestly believe that the English translation of Akira is is just go with it. I think that's the direct English translation of the word Akira because there's a couple different things where I have to sit there and, and, and question the physics and the high unlikability of like uh having that freaking hoover buggy or whatever you want right, to call right. it it's a little hover car in an elevator and not have those two be killed either from you know oxygen deprivation or the the sheer force and pressure of the wind whipping around them and all that you know they wouldn't just be sitting there calmly floating in the elevator with this damn thing going on It's interesting because I think by this point, like they've in the manga, they've probably tried to kill Tetsuo a number of times. But by this point, this is one of the earliest like reencounterings between Kaneda and Tetsuo. You know, like right. like and and at this point, Kaneda is still like, oh, you're my buddy. Like I want to save you or whatever. But you know, Tetsuo's kind of, you know, I mean, he it, it's it's interesting because in the manga he's already pretty far gone by this point but i think here yeah. like like i mean clearly he's far gone but kaneda doesn't know it yet until this moment you know what i mean like like he didn't see what we saw where he you know basically you know obliterated people in the hallway right. you know and now right. this is the first time he's like oh like that now he realizes you know what i mean like like this and is kind of a turning point in the film yeah, and you can definitely tell, like, you know, there's there's the hints of the manga douchebagginess or just, you know, the teenage whatever. But, like, I mean, even prior to him yelling right here, he's like, come on, it's time to go home, you fucking moron. Come on, retard, let's get home. And he, he's still talking down to him, you know. And, and obviously they make the point, you know, here of, like, you're not going to talk down to me anymore. And, you know, I'm not that little guy that you were uh, that you were protecting back at the orphanage. I think for me, one thing that was hard to get over with my preconceived notions is this Pioneer dub has the voice of Tetsuo is a guy named Joshua Seth. And what 
I think he's most famous for is playing the character Ty in Digimon. He's the kid with the goggles. It's basically like the leader of the first team. So like his yeah. voice to me kind of sounds like this heroic little kid. So it's 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 very off-putting to have his voice as Tetsuo when he's losing <laughs> it like this. Because to me, it's kind of like you know hearing basically like yeah i guess it's the same way that as our generation would feel about oh you know luke skywalker is the joker like that's that's kind of the kind of parallel i would draw where where it feels very strange hearing him play somebody who's basically kind of lost it at this point Yeah, way to show up after everyone's asses are handed to them. We're just here for the mop-up. Don't mind us. And the button triplets. We didn't mean to. It's weird because they they built this whole stadium for the Olympics, and that's where Akira's, I guess, parts, remains, whatever you want to call them, were located. So now he's busting into that facility. Which the other part of irony on this is you, you, you think of all the timelines and everything that's happening on this. You know, the Tokyo uh, Summer Olympics are scheduled for, for you know, uh, uh, 2020. Mm-hmm. It all falls into play. It all falls into play, man. <laughs> he was, he was, maybe, maybe Otamo is actually the Esper, and he was trying to warn us. Lo, these shit 30 years ago. Wow, I didn't even, I just now fucking pieced that together. I can't believe it. This movie is 30 years old. I think, it's, I mean, this is still a really, really. You know, I mean, everybody was asked, like, does it hold up? But, I mean, this is, this is oh, still, yeah. yeah, very much so. I mean, like, the animation, shit, I mean, you could take some of the best stuff that's put out there today, and, excuse me, and, I mean, Akira blows it away. This, too, is an important scene to me, because this is the colonel basically saying, fuck these politicians and fuck these idiots. They don't know what's going on. Like, essentially, at this point, he's he's staging a military coup. But, I mean, he doesn't think he's wrong. He's like, look, like, all these guys around you, like Netsu, the little rat guy, are a bunch of corrupt assholes. They don't have your best interests at heart. I'll let you join me. You don't have to, it doesn't have to go down like us shooting you all. You know, it's just these assholes here that are following these, like, little rat-ass politicians. So, like, I, I don't know. Like, this, to me, is, is a point where I could, you know, see where this character's coming from. Like, he's not, he's not, he's not out for personal gain. He's, he's out to prevent another World War III from happening. And, and that's why he's willing to go down the roads he ends up going down. And, and he clearly um, has established the loyalty amongst his men. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. that's the other big thing there, too. Now, this is the this is the one guy I actually did feel bad for in this movie, mm. you know, because not only not only he's just trying to run a bar, you know, he's, yeah. just, he's just trying to make make ends meet, you know, and he starts off and he's got to deal with the punk kids just coming in, playing the jukebox and then bailing. 
and then uh, you know we'll we'll see the end result. Well, yeah, Yam- Yamagata comes in here and finds the result of it. And it's like, man, all he wanted to do was just pay his bills, run a business. And there's just this biker gang, you know, just from top to bottom, just takes a big shit on him. Uh, and well, it's it, it, he he has a method to his madness, I think. I mean, Tetsuo is clearly disturbed, but I mean, he's basically eradicating any indication of his weakness. And and anything that reminds him of the impotent person that he was, he's he's slowly eradicating, and that includes his fellow biker gang members and the bartender. And then here's a call back to the pill thing. I mean, it's not quite as obnoxious as it is in the manga, but you see a handful of them, and that's to make himself feel better, you know. But you know, of course, in the manga, like I said, it was like a mountainful. Right. <laughs> Tetsuo Montaigne. Yeah, he's like, say hello <laughs> to my little Akira. It's interesting in the in the manga, like they actually try to like earlier on in this Yamagata tries to take him out with like a magnum or something like that, and they get into it, and that's before he's as powerful as this. But by this point, I mean he's he's way too powerful. And I can't remember. I mean, obviously we're not too worried about spoilers at this point. I can't remember. Did he take both of them out or just the one? No, no, no he took out the Yamagata. Yeah, Yamagata, Yamagata gets killed. Um, I'm trying to remember what that other bastard's name is, but he, he does make it to the end of this movie. So, yeah, yeah, because he's the one that's like, oh, my God, yeah, because he, he meets up with Kaneda at the at the. the yeah, the it, it, it's like him and Kaneda and Kay are all yeah. around. at the end. He's like all in tears about what happened. Right, to, right. Yeah. OK, OK. I got to clear in my head now. It's like I have a Dragon Ball Z flashback because I'm sitting there, you know, y- y- Yamagata, and I keep thinking, I don't know why Yamcha keeps popping in my mind. Mm. The, um, <laughs> the, the, uh, oh, since I, uh, now I looked it up in front of me, but the, the lady that we were talking about earlier, the number 18 or whatever, her, her name in the manga is Lady Miyako, and that's, okay. that, that's the one that has all those prophecies and was a former Akira Project member and everything, so. Right. Yeah. And and like I said, we we get I think like three scene three quick little cameo cutscenes in this with with that know, character the, design, I guess, right? Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah, because we got we have the one in there. Then we got the one where, you know, the parade or the, the protesting is floating by and they got her up on the uh oh shit, what do you call those where you know, people are holding up. It's on a box with a chair, and she's up in the chair. Anyway, you'll you'll yeah, guys like a little a little what, like a little shortly. pulpit or something like kind of. Like, kind of. I yeah. mean, there, there's a word for it. Yeah, it's like back back in the old days. Yeah, uh, the little when, the uh, little they have their little like chariot or whatever the hell yeah. it is the man made. Yeah, walkers. I, mean, I just God damn it! I, I wish I could remember what the name. Of it, but like back in the back in the old days of 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 the World Wrestling Federation, when Macho Man Randy Savage was the Macho King. 
and and him and sensational Sherry or sensational Queen Sherry at that point um, would be um, on one of those little deals. You have like three wrestlers on each side and they'd be kind of like not not, not like pole bears because it was up on their shoulders. Just to interrupt real quick, that sequence is another example of the the kind of the subtle kind of lay down of of that K would be a conduit for these kids, you know, because yeah. she talks through her and everything. But like you said, this doesn't get ultimately explored as much as it would in the manga where she actually yeah. becomes like an active opponent for Tetsuo. But like that never really happens in this. Yeah. But Yeah, here it's but, just, it's it's know. almost implied that she's like a psychic. She's like a medium as opposed yeah. to, yeah, exactly. you know, a full-blown, you know, a full-blown, full-blown uh, Esper. Esper warrior or whatever the hell you want to call it. Because even then, it was like uh, uh, when it when it comes up here when she's uh, walking on the water and fading out. I mean, shit. You know, again, I realize, like I said, it's just go with it. Stop asking questions. Just go with it. Let it go. But the whole like disappearing, walking on water and fading away, disappearing. I'm like, what the fuck? Okay, this this is my next favorite scene right here. Is just um, you know with the tanks rolling through. And Tetsuo versus the tanks and the mm. helicopters, the military. So well done. Yeah, I, I, I feel like this is the part where that college roommate walked in on me and was like, what the fuck are you watching? You know? <laughs> yeah, there's Yamagata. So. Oh, is that who they were carrying out there? Okay. And there's See, the guy was... you said that got away, right? I, yeah. Or whose name? I still can't remember for the life of me. This is like, you, you uh, know, yeah. See, he's telling him that Yamagata got killed. That, you know, yeah, th- this is weird. this this is another thing that I think is is interesting because the um the, again we're sort of jumping ahead, but I know he's about to, to pick one up, but he's about to get the laser gun that he gets for the the climax between him and Tetsuo. But what's interesting is right. those laser packs in the manga come from the like the the facility that they're at like basically like when they him and k first break into the uh olympic underground base or whatever and they're uh-huh. they're actually like like powered by these like little power packs or whatever and stuff like that and what's funny is in this he sort of just randomly picks one up off of the the soldiers that I think Tetsuo fights in the sequence we're about to get to, you know, so it's like, it's weird. Like in the manga, he sort of has a context for understanding what it is and that it could actually hurt Tetsuo. Whereas, you know, in this, it's a little more randomized. And of course he knows that's going to piss off Tetsuo. Okay, yeah, and see, here's here's what I was bitching about. Here it comes. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, without the context of the fact that she's being used as a conduit, like you, you probably are kind and of like, what the fuck? Like, yeah, yeah, and it's like, what in the fuck was that all about? Right, right. 
because I didn't realize teleportation was also an Esper. Oh yeah, that that because because they I mean they're well it's funny I, I I think somehow the Akira power is is way beyond just being an Esper. I mean it's it's just the only thing they can quantify it with you know to to label it with you know but it's clearly there, there there's there's aspects of it where you're just like oh this is clearly beyond anything you can describe you know. It's it's whatever works for the script. <laughs> but it's one of those things where you know it's 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 I can't I'm, I'm loath to describe them as annoyances because it's just kind of the what makes the movie so weirdly cool. If if that if that makes sense, you know, yeah, it's those yeah. alter, it's those little what the fuck things that just make it. You know, I know. Okay, celebrity most resembles uh, a musket, uh, you know, muskrat face there. Uh, Paul Williams, mm. if you remember him. Yeah. The midget from Smokey and the Bandit, or maybe, maybe Dwarf. But yeah, this is definitely them trying to uh, hide all the evidence at this point. All the ties that this guy Netsu has to the Resistance, because it's all kind of unwinding and unraveling course he's absconding with all of his stolen goods you know all this stuff that he's corruptly scammed off of the people oh, for the years. cash the cash and the bear bonds we gotta go we gotta get to that aisle in the greater antilles or whatever now i'm assuming those were the uh, some, uh, some of the other politicians in the boardroom that uh, had committed suicide yeah okay And now he shoots his own man. No loose ends. Yeah, there's just <laughs> no no lengths to the lows. <laughs> and of course now, uh I'm assuming that as we see the oh wait okay never mind we'll save that for a moment here we got to get into some badassery now yeah here it comes because you're Dom. Cut, what what happened dude <laughs> <laughs> yeah this is a pretty good scene that little shit took out the helicopter. I mean, this is this is him to me going like full on Magneto, you know, like he's just ready to take all these guys out. <laughs> he's got his little and, Magneto cape and everything. And you know? now, and yes, much like you know, Jason getting his hockey mask, Vader getting his helmet, Tetsuo gets his cape. And I know it's radio silence. We should be talking, but this is just this one is, of those. Yeah, this is, this is pretty awesome. Like it's, this is it, one of those things where you just got thing sit. where it draws you into the, the moment and everything. <laughs> you're just where you're in, like, you, like okay. you can't, yeah, you, you, it, this makes you stop and take pause. Like, you, you, you feel like shutting the fuck up because it's pretty damn epic. 
I don't I don't care if there is no volume on this. I'm going to sit and just stare at the awesomeness that this scene is. Boom. Ah. Oh. God, just so yeah. I I I I hate sitting there and using ver using uh, adjectives and descriptors like beautiful when it comes to destruction and carnage. Yeah. It makes me it makes me sound like a fucking psychopath, but I can't. I, I just I have I have no other way to describe it. Yeah, just so well done. Yeah, here, here for for all the kids at home. This is the difference between the the uh, corrupt and the the idealist. You know, they're like exemplified in in two different forms, and they both come to horrible fucking ends. So, you know, there you go. Doesn't matter, kids. <laughs> do 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 as your tells you. See, and, and every time I see that, it always looks like. Um, you know, he tries to chop down on the pills and he ends up with just a mouthful of crushed teeth. Mm. Just the way that it's colored and, and drawn and everything. He almost is super happy that the revolution has started. <laughs> Viva la revolution! Oh, and they're only down to one screen. How is everyone going to see what's going on? And here's our girl, Kaori. Hi, sex slave! Seeing her boy, Tetsuo, start massive shit. Ah! Uh -huh. Come on, guys, there's a TV a block away. Let's go. Now he's back in his capsule jacket, ready to get the bike. You know what that means. Shit's about to go down. Shit is about to go down. <laughs> It's kind of like it's kind of like uh, you know, having to put up with Daredevil in the black suit, waiting for him to get back into that red suit, so we know mm. that shit's really going to happen. On a complete and total side note, were you okay with that with the with the the whole black suit for uh, Daredevil season three? Oh, I'm a big, huge fan of the Man Without Fear miniseries, and he he wears that black suit in the entirety. There's 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 Lady yeah, there's Lady Miyako. But honor, uh, honor, but essentially honor, you can, Randy Savage yeah, throne. you can, you can hear though, this is dubbed with a male voice. So it, you know, clearly there's some kind of discrepancy there, but you know, like I said, I just kind of view it as they were using or, or reusing a character design. Like, you know, you never know because this film was completed before the manga finished, like Things might have not quite lined up. They may have just saw that as a design and went, let's use it. And then she right. became a much bigger character manga later. So these are the lasers. And the laser hurts Tetsuo here. And this is where Kaneda gets the laser from in this film. And I guess what I was getting at was in the manga, these are introduced much earlier when they break into 
the facility, like when him and Kay meet the kids for the first time and everything. Right. And so he already kind of has a notion of that okay. this can hurt Tetsuo, Bye, and he brings Miyake. it along. Yeah, there. There, yeah, she's there. Hello. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the carnage. It's unbelievable. The horror. <clears throat> yeah. Okay, so anyways, so anyways, back to what we were talking about there. So, so you're, you're 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 all right. You're in love with that black daredevil outfit. Oh yeah, I'm perfectly fine. Yeah, I just I don't I'm not. It's it's not for me. I mean, don't get me wrong. It did it did doesn't affect my opinion on it. But uh, yeah, I just I prefer that red. I prefer the red. No, it's understandable. A lot of people kind of don't think of that as a real costume, but I think. I'm I'm perfectly fine with it. I kind of <laughs> think I do because even in that book, it's like it was it was less of a you know ninja outfit and more of a just a sweatshirt with some tennis shoes. You know, like that's kind of yeah. what he ran and ran around with in that uh, Frank Miller, John Romita Jr. Man Without Fear outfit. And it was supposed to be like a backdoor movie script, you know, of like he would get into the red outfit at the very end, and that's how that series ends you know he flips off the roof and you see like the multiple after images of you know one of him in the yellow and uh sort of maroon and then the rest of them in the red outfit but right. yeah. yeah so so now we're gonna get we're gonna get our other uh, boy akira here in a second yeah all all 50 vials of him exactly split into little like yeah that's kind of weird because you're like oh i you know i don't know i it, i don't know that there's i mean i'm sure there's interviews maybe in japanese or something like that but i don't know how many have been like translated or whatever but you know it, it you, you kind of wonder why the decision to go one way versus the other and you know why things became completely different in in the manga versus this anime Well, I guess, I mean, maybe, I mean, I hate to say it, but maybe Otomo didn't have, didn't have everything fleshed out. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. I, I, I think there's something to that. I'd just be interested in a firsthand account of, you know, why things went in the direction they did in the film versus, you know, how he basically, you know, probably said, oh, the manga is its own thing and I'm going to tell a totally different story with it. I mean, that, that's what's kind of interesting is if people, you know, when, when people, you know, you've asked me this before, like, what would I think of a live action Akira and yada, 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 and all this other stuff? And it's like, does that come from this? Are they just trying to retell this? And this is where he gets the laser from here in the, the film. Yeah, um, yeah here's but, where it's, yeah, pick it up here. And there's the, the, the battery, the power pack. That's the, what that little thing is. But see, you probably wouldn't know that it's a battery. They don't really explain that. But if he didn't have that little pack on the side, then it wouldn't work at all like that laser. Well, here again, here again, it's more not talking down to not over expositioning, you know, not uh, dumbing it down for people because it doesn't have to be so much specifically told to you, but when you think about it, when the laser uh when the power cuts out, yeah. 
he has to use the bike to recharge it. Yeah, yeah. You know, so, I mean, therein, it's implied it's running on a battery. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, so I, if you're able to catch those things, you know, like I said, it doesn't it, one of the great things about the movie, it doesn't spell shit out for. Oh, you. no, no, not at all. It does not talk down to you in the least. I mean, it it fully expects you to keep up with it. It does not dumb things down at all. I think. For. Like this sequence, you sort of get into them fighting with one another, but I, I think it's more drawn out you know in the the manga oh very much so because you got all of her training time she ends up going after what like two or three times yeah there's there's multiple in you know encounters and everything yeah you know and it's not just like okay she just had the the quick little karate kid montage training that we didn't get to see with uh you know the the benjamin button sister it's actually a full thing of understanding, you know, and it, like I said, it, 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 it step by steps it to where she becomes like the, the psychic badass. Whereas yeah. here it's just like, okay, we're just going to give you the, uh, cliff notes kind of the, the, the quick rundown. Okay. Now you're ready. You're, you're just ready to fight him type of a thing. Well, I mean, I think anime in general has a history of having a very lengthy, either anime where it's like a, a 50 to a hundred episode series, or, you know, uh, in this case, a 36 chapter manga, and then compressing it into like a two hour film. And like, I think when I realized that this was so compressed, I was like, oh, well, that's why I have a tough time understanding it, you know, because it's it's it, it, that they're trying to shove so much into a small amount of film, essentially, like you, you're bound to have things that kind of you overlook or are confused upon first. And viewing. there's Akira. Yeah, there he is. <laughs> dong, 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 dong. Yeah. Akira Tetsuo Kanada. Um, well, and I think, I mean, you know, and that, and therein lies the fact that you had a incomplete, you know, a 2,000 page manga series that up to this point at its, you know, when it was being created was probably not even 600 pages in at this point. Yeah, 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 that's part of it as well because it, it was and, unfinished. Yeah, and even then, I mean, 600 pages worth of material. Yeah, you can make a film out of that for sure. Yeah, but the film that you're making is certainly not going to have, you know, it's, it's like taking a novel into a into a movie. I mean, there's the level of detail that you have to skimp in order to, uh, you know, make it fit within the time constraints. You're always going to lose something. See that—that's what hurts my brain because I, I hear Ty from Digimon going like, "Like hell!" <laughs> like, like Ty from Digimon doesn't take, doesn't curse like that. Gar. What is it? What? Is, what? Is, what? What sort of heresy is yeah, this? I know. It makes me feel funny. It's sort of like the shock of how many years you, you know, I mean, like myself, I really didn't have a whole lot of Transformers season three. Mm. And to go back and watch an episode 
and how jarring it is going for the Leonard Nimoy voice that I'm so used to Galvatron. Frank Frank Welker's higher-pitched, crazed Galvatron. It's like, "Ah, I don't know so much about that. See, I don't know why Kaneda um, is such a popular figure amongst the the cosplaying community. On on average, when I'm at a convention, I will see at least two people dressed as Kaneda with the pill coat, with the pill jacket. You don't you don't think that's like a cool outfit? Like, well, I mean, I mean, I mean it is. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, it is. But I guess I guess number one, it's it's you know, I, I mean, I, I guess simplistic. Uh, but you know, none of them take the time to, you know, make the gun. Mm. I never see the gun with them. I mean, if you want to go full on badass Canada, well, bring I mean, by, by that point, you might as well say you got to bring the bike too, because Canada is the gun and the bike, right? I mean, well, mm. I mean, come on, within reason, you're not. Uh, oh, <laughs> ooh, unless you, unless you have like a converted power wheels type thing. There you go. You could do that, or or like say, uh, I mean, I don't know, I don't know what convention venue rules might be, but maybe convert like your BMX bike. You could, you could do something with that. Why not? No, I'm I'm, I'm all for going in all the way, 110. percent Like that. I mean, you, would, I, you I would... wouldn't be able to. You wouldn't be able to to you know tra- traverse up and down the aisles with it no but hey i'm hey. just i'm just happy Nita doesn't have a set of pointy wings to poke my eyes out with that's all i'm happy about <laughs> i think Kaneda won't violate my personal space and then when he comes past me i could be like Kaneda! or tetsuo right Kaneda? tetsuo yeah um no, here's what, but here's what I will say. What I like about the 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 Canada, uh, uh, cots playing is that the pants should, or at least the coat has pockets, so people can have so cosplayers that play as them could have wallets that they could buy Enigma at a show instead yeah. of saying instead of saying, oh, I don't have a wallet in my Harley Quinn outfit. <laughs> Ooh. No room for no. Now, room now for here's that looking. here's that solar satellite beam of death, which gets uh, gets some play in Batman Beyond: Return of the Joker. I, I feel like they were highly influenced by this film because they've got by, Joker. By, by highly by highly influenced, are you are you uh, are you uh, assim- as, as, as insinuating a blatant ripoff? Well, I mean, you know, not blatant, but I mean, they, they, I think they say as much on the commentary that, that this film was a big influence for like a lot of the animators that worked on that. So, I mean, I don't think they try to hide it. They, they're, they're up front. They're, they're up front about their, uh, their blatant TV slash homaging, whatever you want to refer to it as. I, I, I Strongly they, influenced. I, I, I think, I think they own up to it. I mean, they just kind of say, Hey, this is, you know, this is our Akira you know, thing here in, in that film. I'm going to drop the rocks on your head. He's trying to show full on Lord of the Flies on Tetsuo there. 
This is the closest you get to the the moon destruction. The moon, scene. yeah, the moon shot. And I was gonna say, like an FGS award winner, there's Canada just fucking standing around in the middle of a laser blast, and now you got <laughs> boulders falling all over everywhere. Now, the is... one thing that I will give credit for, mm. um, a lot of people will sit there and bitch and piss and moan about how, like, you can hear Tie Fighter and X Wing and 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 Millennium Falcons in space, and there's no noise in space. Right. The one thing I give credit to this anime for is that the scenes with him up here with the space station. Oh, or, or soundless. Yeah. No audio, completely mute. I mean, they. I I, I did enjoy the fact that they respected that. Uh, the vacuum. Scientific convention. <laughs> Well, they can afford to. They their their whole movie doesn't take place in space, right? Like, I mean, that it, you you can give credit where credit's due. Yeah, but of course, <laughs> if if you have a movie here's named Star Wars, it's not end. like it's not like you can you know <laughs> you can afford to be like, okay, half my movie is silent, yay, you know, like, here's, like yeah, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> here's here's where we can save fifty yen, kids. Do the space station scene. It's interesting here, though, because it does seem very isolated to Japan in this film, whereas I think what I was talking about earlier, there's a very sense of, of uh, international kind of conglomeration of people that are observing these events with, with bated breath, basically. You know, not just the doctor here looking at the dancing, you know, power scheme or whatever. Yeah, I never did quite understand the whole thing with that like i mean it's it's like, just it's just a measurement of the power level of, of compare the compare this to the readings of the akira level and all yeah. that i was like i mean I, I i get it but you know visually it looked cool but in 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 reality i just i don't know yeah i mean ultimately it's it's just a spinning thing that does wild and crazy shit just like no everything okay. in this film did the man go further into this? Why in the hell is Dot always in bed? Well, I mean, they, they, they were all supposed to be, like, constantly overexerted. Like, they, they, they did not take mountains and mountains of pills, so they were, like, drugged and, and kind of maintained in other ways. So that's why she's... I mean, the one guy, the, you know, the Masaru, you know, is, is in the chair, right? And, and she's further along, like, they're like think of it this way takashi is okay. is the newest number and you know if you're thinking of them like cars right like like takashi has been driven and well worn but you can still drive them around town you know masaru gotcha. it's like oh wait we need to actually put some new tires on masaru otherwise okay. the car won't get around if you go to her like she's basically an old old you know claptrap car that pretty much won't move you need to put her on the tow truck like and, gotcha. and you know what i mean like that's yeah kind of what it's basically like. it's it's the the mileage of the powers oh yeah yeah as, as, yeah okay. so so much okay. that like she's okay. essentially bedridden you know so yeah see all these new viewpoints that i learn this is well, this you is why, you you this often, is why the watch along yeah. is so no, like what was like? No, no, no. I, I was just gonna say, like, I, mean, I think, I think for anybody, I mean, you'll you'll get more out of this the more you you watch it, you know. But yeah, this is what you're talking about. How he uses the bike to 
to get the power pack up yeah. and running and everything. Yeah, to, re- to recharge the battery and all that. And so, you know, anyone that was wondering where the power source comes from, it's like, you know, there's your explanation right there. We got Kay now wearing Kaneda's capsule jacket. Their that means relationship, they're going steady. Yeah, their relationship is clearly progressing. <laughs> that's that's what I want more than in life is to have a a, a special jacket and, and have some somebody I, I care about very much wear it in the middle of uh, the dystopian apocalypse. So anyone the, out there listening in the middle of in the middle of the grand finale. Yeah, anybody that's listening, you probably don't know who you are, but if you did, I would happily give you my Transformers jacket in the dystopian apocalypse. Ooh, this this um wow this, that's coming this, from you that's some pretty big talk there this Dodge this, this um this throne is the akira throne but it's like it's weird because this stadium like it, it it gives me weird flashbacks of what we were talking about poor calorie and her her sex slave days in the, right. the manga because like they they take over that that uh, stadium. I mean, that's like his home base and like all these people coming to them for like provisions and they see him as like the right hand of God because when, when they release Akira out of that uh, cryo chamber it's just a little boy that they view as essentially God. So it's like the little boy's on the chain, you know, on this throne here and then, you know Tetsuo is kind of like his his right hand guy and everything and it's it, it's I don't know. Again, there there's more sense of dystopian political corruption, I guess, as opposed to the guy, Netsu, who was, like, set up in, in what you'd refer to as legitimate society, but right. here, it's like, it's like, it's kind of, you know, illegitimate society, but it's all terrible and everything. And this is, this is like, I, I guess, when you understand that uh, the Akira power is something that they constantly try to hobble and maintain by using drugs, it's like he's been off the drugs for so long, and like his arm got removed so now he's extended that power into this physical form that's mechanical and the manifestation of that it's like he can't he can't hold on to it anymore it's essentially like a new form of life and this used to freak me out because i didn't know what the fuck this was like i you'd watch these episodes of south park where this big blob of cartman and and that's what most people see is a big blob of nothing but i think in reading the manga i kind of realized dude, this is a baby. Like, this is a new form of life that's trying to birth itself on top of another reality. And, like, it's, it's, it's like, you'll see it, but there's a couple shots of the blob where you're like, oh, I get it, it's a little baby. You know, yeah. but, but it's well, like... No, you clearly, I mean, it's not even implied. I mean, it's clearly an image of a baby. Yeah, yeah. You know, when it, when it becomes even big, more big and gelatinous. Um, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm it fully... Really... I, I was like, I'm fully upfront. Like when I first saw this when I was in college, I, I didn't get the symbolism of that at all. Like, it totally oh, yeah. went over my head. But my, I mean, it took me probably about my third viewing to understand what was going on. Like, him trying to devour and assimilate all of this stuff was basically, um, uh, how, how was it that, it, I mean, I knew it, but it was phrased differently, and I heard the phrasing i was actually impressed by it but it was basically a case of you know his body going through the body's usage of the power he was replenishing himself by absorbing all of this 
material being yeah organic, yeah yeah like you know. like like the more the more matter he absorbed the more he was helping to contain it but then like this is what's weird about it that arm keeps absorbing more stuff the concrete the building the you know it just keeps it keeps trying to expand like like right. i don't unchecked wildlife you know what i mean like like where you're like it's it's it, it just won't stop because nobody's there to prune it i guess you know like yeah now, okay, because uh, because again, I've read a bit of the a bit, but not all of the manga. Uh, did 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 Tetsuo lose his arm? Uh, it's weird. It's it's weird. He 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 does something like this, but then he he has this weird phase where he also kind of like Akira here transcends his physical form, so he becomes like this white ghost like wraith at some point, and it's like. I, I don't know how to explain it better than that, but it's like it's like he he's in a form like this, but he eventually transcends this. Like he's actually able to sort of control to a degree the Akira power. So it's more like he's this kind of I, I, I always used to call it like you, you mentioned DBZ before, but it's almost like Tetsuo kinda looks like the ghost kamikaze attack for like uh when when they trucks and goten fuse together or whatever and they've got their go tanks and they make those little like ghost kamikaze like they're all the white ghosts that like explode like it's almost like if you colored if you colored uh tetsuo like that like a little ghost like that's ultimately what he ends up looking like but yeah yeah here's what we're talking about this kind of gelatinous crazy baby thing you know <laughs> this is this is straight up blue cupcakes. Like this is like in a lot of my videos. If I ever talk about blue cupcakes, posting around little uh, uh, special effects of cupcakes extending from fingers yeah. and ah, I mean, this is another one of those. You just want to. I'm just so like man. The... Kaori gets the end of the stick. Like in in all these versions. Like in in the in the manga, she ends up getting like killed but like in in a in not as a horrific way as this like yeah i gotta admit i mean you know when you know earlier i was talking about like the two or three key visuals or scenes that just stick with you yeah that cowrie cowrie's death in this one always gets me it's like man, oh, yeah. that is just a horrible yeah, he can't, way to go it's like he can't control it at all he doesn't want to do it it's just he can't stop bye <laughs> yeah <laughs> I mean, geez, if you're like claustrophobic or anything, like you know, this yeah, is, yeah, this this, this is one of those. This is this is one of those scenes that's going to trigger some some poor people or something. <laughs> you're, you know, you're gonna you're you're gonna go into a fit. But see, and now, okay, see, now, here's another thing. When I when I sat there and talk about uh, uh, having to let certain things go, particularly in the world of physics, if he would have shot that laser in that, and there goes the baby face into an even horrifiable tongue, and... Right, right. Oh, the pink goo, the pink slime. Um, but if he would have let that laser out, I mean, number one, he would have burned out all of his oxygen and probably fried himself before he would have cut through... Tetsuo. Well, there's also the, the the psychological aspect of it is probably Tetsuo, like still, even though he's this powerful, like I kind of attribute it to him. He he still sees Kaneda as an authority figure, 
Like, mm-hmm. as much power as he's gotten, that's why he constantly has this struggle with him. He was the friend that saved him from bullies. Like, he was their leader in the bike gang. Like, I, I, I strongly believe the reason why Kaneda lasts as long as he does against somebody who essentially has omnipotent power is there's a psychological block in Hatsuo that, like, won't let him do what he did to Kaori. And see, see how this uh, Akira looks with like the white light and everything. Like at some point, Tetsuo kind of gets that look as well, I guess, in the manga. Yeah, and see how she's she's twenty five. So yeah, I see, yeah, there yeah. was. I said now that now that we had talked about this, I was paying attention and I saw the number. Yeah, yeah. yeah. See now this one, it's almost like instead of the instead of the way he is in the manga, where like I said, he's just this this evil little shit. You know, here he's, the, he's kind of benevolent. Yeah. In the in the anime, he's like this benevolent. Uh, uh, I don't I. What's a, I mean, the best way I could say it, he's like he's like the soothing messiah. Come, let me ease your pain, Tetsuo. And they, you know, like you talked about, the colonel has that fatherly relationship with with the kids, you know, and they're they're basically like, oh, go in the tunnel and hide. Like, we don't yeah, want kid anything bad to happen to you, you know, like you were you were trying to do the right thing. And I mean, this is their last ditch effort, you know, I mean, see, I mean, he, he still thinks, I mean, as much bad shit as he tried to perpetrate on Kaneda and all these guys, like, there's still that part of him that is trying to reach out for his friend. Come on, just leave him be. Get to the tunnel. He made his choice. Now, I lost track. Where in the hell is K? I don't think K is anywhere near here because they had that fight before where she got taken out. Right. So she's in the rubble or whatever, right? And then, then, you know, like, I I don't think she's... I don't think she's anywhere near here. I think she's still on the outskirts with uh, what's his face, the other guy. Oh yeah, okay, okay, yeah. The last there, right there, there she is. Okay, still with his with his jacket. Thank God, I don't look like a complete idiot, and I knew what I was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, could, I you know, I mean, I could say I, I should have watched, given this a good watch before we started doing this, yeah. but. Uh, you know, no, we're it, good. We're fine. Yeah, well, you know, this this kind of sequence reminds me of the manga too, because there's like a lot of massive sequences of destruction, and what Otomo excels at is man. I mean, I don't know if he has a bunch of awesome, like you know, nameless background artists that really like soup up his work that get uncredited or whatever. But mm. I will tell you one thing, man. I am like, if there's anything I'm jealous of, Hell as it's that he can make like buildings like look super realistic, super impressive, and super cool, despite being within a stylistic medium yeah. like anime and manga is. I mean, man, th- those are, like, when they're, those buildings are, like, flying through the air or in the manga where they get collapsed or shot or nuclear explosions or whatever it is, I mean, it's it's so superb. Yeah, and, and, the, level, and the level yeah. of detail is insane when yeah. it comes to his, yeah. his structural. And, his and this structural. is... 
this is interesting too because this is where you get a lot of this psychological stuff where they're they're going through their you know Tetsuo Kaneda's past relations and everything. You you see their first day of school and stuff. I mean, you you see the impact that he had on him as a kid. I mean, that's why I think this goes down the way it does. Really, I mean, because there's and, and this is also going into the Akira backstory too, because see, these are all the numbers. These these are all the kids, like you know, one through uh, twenty eight. You know, okay, like, you yeah. know, so so this is okay. this is this is Masaru. This is the fat kid. Like that's who that is opening the door. That's the kid in the chair. And this is Akira, you know, so it's like they, they were all friends. They were all there together. This is, you know, the little girl. Like, that's what she looked like before she was a weasened, like, you know, Cadillac that had to be towed around by a tow truck. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know, so, you know, I mean, I mean, that's the thing about it. It's like you, you notice this power is so advanced, like it, it can't be contained by a, a physical form. Like, that's why it basically it has to, like almost destroy the universe to birth itself do you know what i mean i mean that's right. that's how it's supposed to be how awesome it is you know whereas you know but you know anyway so they, they i mean it's weird they lean out a lot of stuff but if you don't have like the context and the backstory for it you you probably to, to to a lot of people it's like a lot of random imagery that you might miss unless you either have repeated viewings or or sort of have a further contact manga you know like there's yeah we'll see like i totally miss the fact that that those were the espers like you were pointing out yeah, that yeah. you know those were each of the you know the the benjamin twip triplets yeah, the yeah. Triplets. i i honestly i have learned i have learned more what you know than you know with this as far as once again this is probably my 20th time watching this movie and i'm still picking shit up i'm still yeah, yeah. i don't i don't think so i don't think you ever stop <clears throat> i mean like I, I i do feel like that way because there's 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 a lot of things that you you know it's it's something that it, I guess is is you 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 sort of have to you know because I mean the 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 imagery comes at you so fast and so hard and makes no apologies you know it, it just kind of you know basically bombards you with all of it so I don't think there's much else you could do other than you know keep reviewing it and then kind of you know picking up different things. God, just look at the size of the melon on that kid. <laughs> yeah, you're like, I mean, good like, lord! It's no wonder he's got headaches all the time. Yeah, yeah, of course. And it's the end <laughs> of the world. Get into the fucking tunnel. God, I did hear again. Just so damn beautiful. The, the the organ music is pretty pretty epic in this. And of course now the the dancing thing is like totally like warped. I mean th this is th th this is why that's important because all that other stuff before dancing was measurable. Like this is like beyond anything that <laughs> that you know, that th it basically broke the machine. You know, like that's the numbers that, are off the charts. It's like that's that, this is basically the it's over nine thousand, you know, sequence <laughs> or whatever. You know, <laughs> I 
And that's the end of the doctor. I was gonna say he gets that he gets that Kaori ending. Oh, he's a little more crunchy. <laughs> he he was old, not as juicy. He just he just kind of crackled. It's so weird because this, this you you think oh look it's it's the end of civilization as you know it. But what's funny is this is about maybe a third of the way or maybe halfway through the manga, and the yeah. story keeps going after this where where you're in this dystopian landscape. So you know there, yeah, there's there's more to it, but it's the it's the fight for control and and all that type of stuff that goes on after this. Because even even I mean, like 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 I mean the anime I don't know how but it I mean just kind of implies that like they're the only ones that would or could have survived it mm. so they're riding off into Neo Tokyo you know riding back into Neo Tokyo well I think I think they show you like the colonels made it and the, like so it's not like they're the only only well, yeah ones, no I mean but... just everyone everyone any every and anyone that was in the tunnel mm. is what I mean at least that's what was implied that I got out of the implication. But I mean, you're going to be hard pressed to get a a logical explanation out of me about the ending of this film, you know? Oh God, no! I'd say about a good forty percent of this, there's no way you can give a good logical explanation to. I mean, this this I think is is more important to me in the manga because of the degree where Kaneda started and where he ends up. Like, I think it's a little more earned because he's such a horrible person in the beginning and, and their relationship actually makes him a better man, I think. And like, I, I, I think this happens so breakneck and fast in the anime, you kind of miss that. But I mean, this is a nice sequence between the three of them. And the sun will rise again one day. <laughs> See, there's the colonel. He's fine. He's ready to run a newspaper. He's going to go start the daily bugle. Well, considering that all that's is K, I'm, I'm thinking he's probably ready to start well, running a train. Dude, the the Joker has to fix that bike Canada. Well, they got to do the whole. Uh, yeah. Uh, this is this is where. Uh, this, this is our favorite one, part. One of, one of the, the Benjamin Button guys. The, the new the new universe is beginning. Oh, Starbrand and Cyforce and DP Seven. I am Tetsuo. Like he's his own little universe. <laughs> <laughs> I am Canada. All right. Well, now as we get into the uh, the credits, the, the final ending credits of this of this classic 1988 classic. Uh, I think we had kind of touched upon it already once, but uh, still holds. I mean, still still holds up to this day, 30 years after the fact. Yeah. 
still holds up, man. I I mean, you know, I, I, I think the fact that you people revisit this as much, I mean, I don't know, I just can speak for myself, but the fact that I keep revisiting this as much as I have, I mean, that lends credence to that as well, because you, you, you always find something new when you watch it, and, and there's, there's all there's a lot to unpack and digest. So, I mean, if anything else, that that's more than enough reason to, to have repeat viewings of this. And, and, and it's definitely wonderfully animated and you can tell that, you know, there, there was massive amounts of money poured into this and, and it totally shows. So uh, that, that aspect of it is, is I think beyond reproach. Oh, very much so. And this is one of the like, like, <clears throat> you know, here in, you know, where, where we're at here, you know, we got the uh, the Cinemark, and every like Wednesday and Saturday they'll run classic movies, and I long for the day that we get to have Akira. I've I've seen on, this. I've, I've seen this in a theater when they when they remastered this. I was in L.A. Oh, yeah. in two thousand. I went and saw it. Like oh, I, nice. I remember that. Like that was that was pretty fun. That was back when I was kind of in my mode or whatever, where I was like, oh, if it, if I can see it in the theater, I'll go check it out. So I've, I've seen a fair number of anime films in the theater, but yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was quite a sight to behold in the theater. It's, yeah. it's kind of, it's kind of fun to say, oh yeah, I saw that in the theater, you know? Go to hell. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, as the, as the quit, credits roll on this, we'll go ahead and, and do the wrap up. Um, any 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 final any final thoughts any uh, any other last minute things you want to add in about uh, uh, read, the Akira? Read the manga. I, I recommend the Marvel Epic Collection if you can get your hands on it because it's colorized and westernized and everything. But you can also get like the six volume telephone book thing from Dark Horse, like uh, TJ was saying. So I, I highly recommend if you if you're super into the film but you've never read the manga, read the manga, sit down and make the time and do it. Um, and other than that, um, you can find me on uh, hocof.blogspot.com for history of comics on film and fanholespodcast.blogspot.com for more podcasts. And specifically, if you if you did like listening to this, like do yourself a favor, read the manga, uh, watch the film, and check out Big in Japan episode eight where we talk about both. Boom! There you go. And also remember, kids, uh, every Monday. The Quad M Show. Check us out there for all of your pop culture, uh, what 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 nots, news and news and reviews and whatnots and all that stuff. So uh, until the next go round, this has been the Quad M Movie Watch Along. We will see you guys later. Take care. In a city where corruption rules the streets, only one man can stop the serial killer known as the Blood Bandit. James Kurt, a former police officer turned private investigator, must race against the clock to stop the madman before he achieves his ultimate diabolical goal. When JK's brother Alex is thought killed in the line of duty and mysteriously returns with no memory of his past life, the stakes are raised even higher. Enigma, the comic book series from Quad M Productions, written and illustrated by TJ Damon, with colors and effects by Jason Vickers. Enigma. Order your copy at quadimproductions.com today. Have you checked out quadimproductions.com lately? 
Productions.com is your direct access hookup to order Enigma the comic book series and download the Quad M podcast. Check the appearances page for upcoming events and contact us with questions or comments. Don't be the only lonely soul who's missing out on all the fun. Visit us today at QuadMProductions.com. That's QuadMProductions.com.